athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. Once again, thank you for joining me on another edition of Box to Row. The HBCU football season is here. Opening weekend, three games are on the docket and the big game in the MEAC SWAC Challenge between South Carolina State and Jackson State. It's a game that's going to be on ABC, a 7.30 Eastern kickoff, and I'm going to have a preview of that football game because we got some really big news to share with you and to talk about really today on the program. Joining us today here on Box to Row, T.C. Taylor, the new head football coach at Jackson State, going to join us today on the program. Also today here on the program, after a couple of years, we're bringing back what we're calling HBCU football press box fodder. We're going to go around the country and talk with the various media members that cover HBCU football. And we're going to take a look at the CIAA, SWAC, MEAC, and SIAC today on the program. So you want to sit back, relax, and enjoy the program over the next 58 minutes or so. And as always, you can participate here on Box to Row. Hit us up via Twitter at Box to Row, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. Hope you enjoyed last week's program as a matter of fact as we reminisced over our now 18 years on the air 18 years on the air with box to row so let's start here as the news came out the news came out on Thursday it was announced that after this season South Carolina State head football coach Buddy Pugh will retire so after what will be 23 seasons, Buddy Pugh, the head football coach at South Carolina State, will be retiring. This is abs- This is this news is really, really big on so many levels. Number one, you're talking about a head coach that basically what he's known for his he's been he's been coaching 47 years and. Most of those 47 years have been spent at South Carolina State. So really, I mean, that's number one when you're talking about being at a school for so long. So on that level, all the players that Buddy Pugh and his staff have put into the National Football League uh, with him as head coach, whether it's um, whether it's the maniac, and you're talking about two of the best players uh, defensive players in the National Football League, the maniac, 
Wright plays for the Colts, and then Javon Hargrave just signed the big deal to play with San Francisco, and that's just a few. They're like, uh, you know, you, you, you've got like Shaq Davis, who's trying to make, I think the Saints is where he is. So you've got, he's got like, you know, six or seven players currently that are still playing in the National Football League. But he's put a bunch of players into the National Football League. The You know, one of the other things is this. I mean, it's not easy coming behind a legend. So Buddy Pugh, and by the way, after, I think it was six seasons, I don't have it in front of me, but after however many seasons it was, um, at, at, at South Carolina with Lou Holtz. Now, a lot of people, we don't, we, we don't remember that, but Buddy Pugh was on the staff of Lou Holtz. Okay. He he started out, he, he went to South Carolina state, graduated from there, played under the legendary Willie Jeffries, then started in the high school ranks, but he was at the university of South Carolina as an assistant coach under Lou Holtz. Think about that. Lou Holtz is one of the greatest college football coaches ever. And so when he took over as head football coach at South Carolina State in 2002, he's coming becoming or coming behind a legend in the legendary Willie Jeffries who's in the College Football Hall of Fame. The first HBCU grad, really the excuse me, the first black coach to coach at the then 1A or now as we know at the FBS level and the first HBCU grad to coach at the FBS level as well. And as a matter of fact, there's only been two coaches that are HBCU grads to ever head coach at the FBS level. So you've got the players he's put into the league. You've got coming behind a legendary coach, okay? Coming behind a legendary coach in Willie Jeffries. A lot of pressure there, but didn't really seem... Uh, to phase Buddy Pugh at all. As a matter of fact, you know, he reveled uh, in that a little bit. I mean, because not only are you coming behind a legend in Willie Jeffries, but that legend is still around, okay? And so you're going to have respect for that legend. Um, you know, he's he's going to, you know, he's, he's still around the program very much to this day. And so to have that kind of pressure, I mean, I think that's something that Buddy Pugh, Reveled it. He was also uh, actually an assistant coach um, at South Carolina State previously before going back to the high school ranks, then back to the uh, uh, the high school ranks a couple of years, and then for six seasons at South Carolina. Okay, he's got a record of 146 and 87, three HBCU national championships, including in 2021. And check this out. Another, and, and six and eight MEAC titles in four times he was MEAC coach of the year. Another thing that is not talked about enough, uh, which I think was really big and wrote about it at the time, the win by South Carolina State over Jackson State in the Celebration Bowl and, for, and that win led to the Bulldogs winning the HBCU National Championship, I can't, I don't think can be overstated because there had been a lot of talk, you know, about Deion Sanders and Jackson State, and nobody gave South Carolina State a shot. And, you know, even when we were talking a couple of years ago, the MEAC was dead because there were only six teams, six football teams, and all of those things that came with that. And Buddy Pugh put the MEAC on his back, okay? And shocked 
to some. Now, of course, for me, I, 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 I got to say, I'm, I'm not going to be shy about it, did say that South Carolina State would win that football game, and it did. Shocked not only the HBCU world, but I think shocked the, the sports world to some degree in the college football world by winning the HBCU National, or beating, I should say, Jackson State with all that came with that, with Deion Sanders and all of that on a in a nationally televised football game, and it wasn't even close. That's the other thing. So you've got all of those things. The winner in the Celebration Bowl over Jackson State, the players that have gone on to play in the National uh, Football League, um, the, the, you know, the fact that, um, and for me, okay, I, I talk about Willie Jeffries and, you know, you, you talk about a lot of these coaches and we've talked about this um, for quite some time. Buddy Pugh never got his opportunity to coach at the FBS level. I think he could have had success as a head coach at the FBS level. Again, there's only been two HBCU grads uh, to ever head coach at the FBS level, one of those is uh, is Willie Jeffries, but he never got. And I think I, I talked with him um, about this a couple of years ago, as a matter of fact. And uh, you know, he I, I forget what he said. I'd have to go back and, uh, and 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 listen. But you know, he never got his opportunity. Like a lot of coaches, never got their opportunities to coach at the FBS level as a head coach. Some of the greats. Uh, to ever do it you know even if you look at him more recently like a Rod Broadway who won three HBCU national championships at three different schools by the way of course Charles Huff the head coach at Marshall is the other HBCU grad that is a head coach at the FBS level never got his shot and you know it, it, it's 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 an HBCU thing but it's it, you know obviously to a in, in the broader scope of things it's a it's a black thing in other words you don't have and haven't had a lot of black head football coaches at the FBS level, okay, overall. Now, we're seeing that start to change a little bit more. I think I think that's a shame. I think it reflects um, to some degree in the National Football League, not absolving the National Football League of its responsibility to have black head coaches at the same time you know, we've seen where a lot of these NFL coaches have come from the college ranks as head coaches. So if you, you know, if you have a lack of black head coaches at the NCAA level and specifically the FBS level, then it uh, it stands to reason that you're going to have a lack of black coaches at the National Football League level. So all of those things. Right. And I mean, you know, I look at eras. OK. And you know, uh, you know, do we say that Buddy Pugh is, you know, up on the list of of coaches like Eddie Robinson or John Merritt, um, you know, Jake Gaither, Florida A&M, even if you go back to Cleveland Abbott of uh, Tuskegee, W.C. Gordon, all of these legendary guys. Time will tell. However, amongst his peers, the likes of of Joe Taylor. Uh, the likes uh, of 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 the aforementioned uh, head uh, uh, Rod Broadway, all of these coaches that have had legendary status um, more recently here, and 
Buddy Pugh's done a phenomenal job. I think when it's all said and done, we may be talking about him in the College Football Hall of Fame, certainly in the Black College Football Hall of Fame when it's all said and done. I mean, he, you know, he 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 probably was more on the back end of a of a Billy Joe, right? Because Billy Joe was still was uh, was store, sort of getting out of coaching, uh, if you will, once um, Buddy Pugh came in. And then, of course, I mentioned all the guys before and Eddie Robinson and John Merritt and all of those guys. But again, when I look at, you know, a Joe Taylor, you know, again, I look at a Rod Broadway, uh, even, you know, somebody like a, you know, a Willie Slater, even though he didn't really play against or coach, I should say, against a, a, a Willie Slater. But, you know, he's definitely one of the top coaches and in that tier. And when it's all said and done, uh, we'll see, you know, what history says in terms of him being one of the all-time greatest HBCU coaches. Of course he is, but where he ranks in that. That's a huge loss for South Carolina State. It's a huge loss for HBCU football. Uh, but we'll see. But there's still a season left to be played, and it begins on Saturday in the Miak Swack Challenge against Jackson State. Plenty more. Of Box to Row on the way. And up next, T.C. Taylor, the head football coach at Jackson State. Hey, everybody, what's going on? This is Anthony Anderson, international movie star and funny mother. Hello, this is Janelle Monet. This is Omari Hardwick. Hey, this is Ronda Rousey. The girl rock can the fiend of the mic, y'all. This is Simone Biles. You know what this is. This is the one and only double G. Hey y'all, it is the EST of WWE, the strongest, the fastest, the roughest, the toughest, the quickest, the greatest, the best on Box to Row. Tune in if you want to catch the best BEST interview ever. The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way, Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whitbeer, the neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Served in total wine all over North Carolina. All Weaver Street Markets. Harris Teeter. Food Lion. You can also purchase in Durham at Zwelly's, Salt Box, and Barica Soul. Box to Road. Box to Road.com is the website for all of your HBCU sports needs. From the game of the week feature to interviews to the latest news in the world of HBCU sports. Box to Road.com has you covered. Missed a week of From the Press Box to Press Row? Box to Road.com has all the archive shows. Don't forget to check out the All American teams and weekly media coaches' polls. From the Press Box to Press Row and Box to Row.com. Your HBCU sports leader. On last week's From the Press Box to Press Row with Donald Ware. Davius Richard, in my opinion, may be the best player in all of HBCU football. What we did last year, or the work we put in throughout that offseason last year, got prepared us to the next season. So other people, I try to tell them how you did this past season, you feel like you can do better. And they imagine how that's going to multiply as far as your level of play. So really just trying to dial into, we weren't perfect last year. Man. So we had a lot of mistakes last year. Doing the work that counts. 
towards this season is what we put in this offseason, what we did last season. That's dead, and we don't really got nothing to do with this season coming up. From the press box to press row is one of the hottest sports talk shows in the country. Join Donald each week as he takes you on a journey through the world of HBCU sports and pro sports and interviews with top sports and entertainment figures. That's from the press box to press row each week on your favorite station. Listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. From the Press Box to Press Row. Box to Box to Box to Box to Row. continue here on box to row we're joined by a gentleman in his first season as the head football coach at jackson state the tigers ranked number three in the hbcu coaches and media polls open the season on saturday in the miak swag challenge against south carolina state as tc taylor joins us here on box to row coach taylor welcome to the program oh man everything good right now man looking forward to Kicking off in Atlanta. Let me start here. What does it mean to be the head coach at your alma mater? Not only at your alma mater where you played, but where you also had success on the football field. Oh, it means a lot. Anytime you can get an opportunity like this at a prestigious university like Jackson State. Uh, like you said, a school that I played at, you know, grew up as a fan watching and able to go out there and lead these young men to, you know, uh, a three-peat, you know, our third consecutive championship. That's what we're working towards right now. So I feel real good about it. I'm loving it right now, feeling the love around the city and the excitement across the country. You know, there's always a certain amount of pressure at Jackson State anyway, year after year. You know it. I mean, you you played mm-hmm. in it. Um, the alumni base travels, the fans travel, and they, of course, support the team home-wise. You've been on the staff the last couple of years with the success to the point that you mentioned with Jackson State having the success back-to-back SWAC champions and with Deion Sanders having been the head coach, do you, is there a sense of a sense of pressure now, uh, particularly that Coach Sanders has moved on to Colorado? Uh, I don't not not really any pressure. You know, I just believe in the preparation part. You know, our athletic director Ashley Robinson has done a great job of giving us everything that we need for as a program right now. You know, we got upgrades to the weight room, the football field facilities, even the way we. Uh, knew, have nutrition for our, our athletes here. So they're giving us everything we need in order to be successful. And, you know, that's the things we had in the past, and we're going to continue that going forward. You know, just how our coaches prepare on a day-to-day basis. Uh, they're doing a, a great job of that, getting the, the guys ready and going and playing at a high energy here day in, day out at practices. So, you know, uh, I'm excited about it, feel good about everything going forward. But I have to give a lot of that credit to our, our athletic director, Ashley Robinson, who's been doing a great job for us. Yeah, and he's just signed an extension to to continue to be at Jackson State. I know, I know a lot. I know Jackson State uh, as a community's got to be super elated about that, particularly yes, what he's done. You know, the last uh, the last couple of years. Um, mm. Was there ever? Did you ever have an opportunity um, to go with Coach Sanders to Colorado? Is that something you even entertained? If, if in fact you had that opportunity. 
Um, it came up a couple times. It did come up a couple times, you know, what what was next for me, you know, and that was something that me and my family wanted to sit down and, you know, make a decision as a whole. You know, I always include them in these kinds of decisions, but um, this was the best, this was the best fit for me. You know, God wanted me here. You know, I trust in God and he wanted me to be here leading these, these young men, this great program in Jackson State University. So that's kind of who I, you know, I lean on when I, it's time to make those decisions as well as my family, you know, and I, I feel like I'm right where I need to be. Is this is this is this your dream job? Uh, anytime you can have an opportunity to be a head coach is a dream job. This is a great opportunity that a lot of coaches don't have <clears throat> throughout their careers. You know, it's something that I've always aspired to be. You know, I wanted when I was just a position coach, I wanted to be the best at best position coach I could be. Then I had the opportunity to be a coordinator. I wanted to be the best at that. Now this is the next step I think in uh, my career. You know, as far as being a, a head coach here at Jackson State. So, you know, it, it's it's a great opportunity. You know, it is a great opportunity. And, you know, I'm, I want to take full advantage of it and go out here and get these young men ready to play. T.C. Taylor is the new head football coach at Jackson State as he joins us here. Jason Brown, Zy McDonald, uh, Jacobian Morgan, all battling for that quarterback position. They all bring something different to the table. A couple of those guys are transfers. Speak to how that battle is going, and you you know that you would know that battle quite well as a former a quarterback there. And then, if if you had to name a starter today, is there someone that has separated themselves? Um, that that that's been a a great battle to watch on a day to day basis. All three guys could go in other places uh, across the country, I think, and be starters. You know, and that's the luxury we got right now as a program, uh, seeing those guys compete you know, on a day-to-day basis. Uh, the receiver room loves them. Our football team loves all three. But we know as a coaching staff, we got to continue to evaluate and figure out which guy, you know, can best lead this football team come this fall. You know, and not only the number one, but the the next important piece is who's the number two, you know, because of, with injuries and things like that. So we got to have all three of those guys prepared for us. Uh, I like how you tried to sneak that one in there, but they were right there in this competition. You know, all right. we equal, they all are taking equal reps right now. You know, and we're just going to continue to evaluate, and, you know, everybody will see game one who takes their field. When I read that there were 70 new players, and, and, and listen, I know, I know you got, and I know a lot of people probably sleeping on Jackson State for various reasons. Um, the 70 new players, I was like, wow, that's a lot of new players. We got a lot of good players that are returning, no doubt, as well. How have a lot of these new guys kind of meshed in with the system that you're running? I think they've done a great job because, uh, you know, that's the way the this coaching staff that I assemble, you know, we demand that on a day-to-day basis. We emphasize all summer that that was something key that we had to get right was the chemistry. And I think what everybody's kind of uncertain about, they've seen the talent level over the past couple of years that we were able to win uh, two SWAC championships and what it's supposed to look like. And, uh, you know, just people hadn't seen really what we have now, you know, until that game, first game when we put that out there on the field. But, you know, chemistry was always a big focus for us. They came in here and done a great job of, uh, you know, meshing together as a team. And as well as those guys that were here in, on those previous championship teams, you know, the standard is the standard, you know, and we know the goal is to go out here and dominate the league, you know, and work towards winning that next week title. T.C. Taylor, the new head football coach at Jackson State, joining us here on the program. I look at a guy like a D.J. Stevens of a, a mm. HBCU All-America coming in, um, a guy that's first-team All-SWAT guy coming in. Um, I, I can't remember, in excess of 30 receptions, if I'm not mistaken, for a tight end, which is really, really good. Can you speak to him? Because I, I think a lot of times, especially 
at the collegiate level, you look at, okay, there's a tight end. What is he doing numbers-wise? We always want to look at the statistics, right? But can you talk about some of the other intangibles, maybe his blocking and what he's going to mean to this offense? He's just a good all-around player. Um, what people don't realize when I got here in 19, DJ was here on the staff before Coach Bryant. You know, he's one of those vets. I call him old man. So he's played a lot of football at Jackson State, has a great family that's a JSU family as well. And he loves Jackson State. It's true to his heart. But just to watch him over the years develop as a football player, it's been a great pleasure to see how what he's turned to at this point. He made a great play today, a great play on a touchdown diving catch today. But uh, he just brings a lot to the game for his, uh, his leadership. Like I said, he done played a lot of football at Jackson State. He understands what it means to put the block on, uh, has developed into a really good blocker in the run game and things like that. But what people don't realize, DJ has made a, makes a huge impact on our special teams as well. He's done that over the last three seasons here. But he's going to be a great player. You know, I, I'm excited about to see uh, to see what he does this season on the football field. Um, I know Coach Mo has a great plan for him going forward, but a great leader on and off the field for us. You know, I don't think I saw where you had – and it, it does, doesn't always matter, right? But I don't think where I saw you had any – preseason guys defensively I mean you've I mean it's been some great I mean James Houston you know I mean you got you know playing with Detroit what he was able to do last I mean it's been some great players get linebackers all over the place the last couple of years who who can we expect big things from defensively this year uh well you know you talk about the preseason all conference selections I, I get it you know we talked about those 70 new players but it was a few guys that's returning off that team last year that had made some impact uh jeremiah williams a d lineman we had uh is going to be a good player Devontae davis was on last year's team those guys are going to uh has been have been having a, a great camp so far uh we got a couple of corners jalen hughes uh Kevrick wiggins you know, it's quite a few names over there. I feel good about the depth over there, but those are some guys that we're expecting some big things out of, as well as a lot of new faces that we brought in here uh, from last year's team as well. Tony O'Doyle is having a great camp, you know, the defensive end for us. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see when we line up and uh, come, what's that, August 26th, to see how these dudes perform when, you know, like I talk about, they, they've been going at each other so hard. It just what are you going to do when you see that player that you don't know? You know, that player that you know, don't know, you know, it's going to be something to see when we line that thing up. But those are some guys that have been standing out and having good camps for us right now on the defensive side. Last thought, Coach Taylor, and we appreciate the time. I mean, there's room, obviously, and there's thought for optimism. Um, obviously, you know, across Jackson State, there's a lot of optimism, but maybe not as much as it had been the last couple of years across the country, if you will. I mean, you're there. You've got players that are returning. You've got three quarterbacks that ha all have college experience. However, uh, you've been picked to finish second in the division. Is Do the players feel maybe a sense of disrespect to some degree coming into this 2023 season? Not at all, because we have the title. <laughs> You know, right now we're the returning champs. That's just stuff you're talking about on paper. You know, the game's got to be played. We're going to go out there and play football games. We're excited about the season, but we don't look at what people, you know, uh, a couple people in the room sit up and decide and put on paper. You know, we got to go out there, execute for four quarters. You know, we got, what, uh, 52 quarters to play this season. That's all the way through the cele uh, celebration bowl, and we're looking forward to it to just go out here and show what this football team is all about. T.C. Taylor in his first season as the head football coach at Jackson State Joining us here on Box to Row, the Tigers open the season on Saturday in the MEAC Swag Challenge 
against South Carolina State. Coach Taylor, we appreciate the time. Good luck to you and the Tigers this season. Thanks. I appreciate you having me on the show. I had a great time. Go Tigers. Guard the yard. Jackson State head football coach T.C. Taylor, gracious enough to join us today here on the program. I'm going to have some thoughts, a preview of the Jackson State and South Carolina State game. But up next, we're going to go around the country and preview HBCU football. Keep it locked to Box to Row. This is your weekly edition of the Box to Row Blitz. I'm Donald Ware, our first Blitz of the 2023 football season. Well, the HBCU football season kicks off on Saturday. The big matchup between South Carolina State and Jackson State in the MEAC SWAC Challenge. The game is going to take place in Atlanta. It's a 7.30 kickoff on ABC. And had a chance to catch up with South Carolina State head football coach Buddy Pugh in his 23rd season. And I asked Coach Pugh, what happened to the Bulldogs in 2022? Our schedule is always put together in a way where you got to kind of be some tough mental guys to get through it all because, you know, we play everywhere. We, you know, we open against UCF and play in the middle of the night and all kind of stuff. And we go out and we get beat up a little bit and then we get an injury or two here, that kind of stuff. And we go into a and I think we maybe like one and two or somewhere that neck of the woods and we kind of have to be doing kind of decent, but they beat the snot out of us. You know, from that point on, you know, then we get back and, and beat Central. After Central, then we think we kind of got a pick, you know. Go up to Morgan and Corey gets hurt. The week before in the Central game, at about midway the second quarter, Richard Baylor, our best little possession receiver, kind of gets hurt. He kind of set the tone, tone for us. And everybody thinks it's Shaq, because Shaq was the big guy, that kind of stuff. And Shaq was catch a ball or two and make a big play, but Richard Baylor was our guy guy. He's our first down conversion guy. And we lose him, then we go to Norfolk, and we turn the ball over six times, then Corey Fields gets hurt. So according to Coach Pugh, it sounds like injuries beset the Bulldogs in 2022, but coming off the HBCU National Championship in 2021, I asked Coach Pugh, did some complacency set in? I, I think we were a little bit stupid. Yeah, okay. for, for sure we were. Okay. And we got that tendency a little bit, I'm, you know, me included. Okay. So, you know, I can tell you that we've gone by trying to see if we can fix that going into this year. So whether we can get all the way back. <laughs> You know, Trey Oliver got a big lead on us, man. I'm telling you, he had a hell of a year last year. True. And he brings back most of his team. South Carolina State head coach Buddy Pugh. Meanwhile, the Bulldogs opponent, the Jackson State Tigers, coming off another SWAC championship, but with a new head football coach in T.C. Taylor. Also, 70 new players to the program. I asked Coach Taylor, was there any pressure as the new head football coach at Jackson State coming after... Deion Sanders. Uh, I don't not not really any pressure. You know, I just believe in the preparation part. You know, our athletic director Ashley Robinson has done a great job of giving us everything that we need for as a program right now. You know, we got upgrades to the weight room, the football field facilities, even the way we uh, 
have nutrition for our, our athletes here. So they're giving us everything we need in order to be successful. And, you know, that's the things we had in the past and we're going to continue that going forward. You know, just how our coaches prepare on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, they're doing a, a great job of that, getting the, the guys ready and going and playing at a high energy here day in, day out at practices. So, you know, uh, I'm excited about it, feel good about everything going forward, but I have to give a lot of that credit to our, our athletic director, Asher Robinson, who's been doing a great job for us. At the quarterback spot, Jason Brown, Zy McDonald, Jacoby and Morgan all fighting for the starting position. I asked Coach Taylor who will start against South Carolina State. All three guys could go in other places uh, across the country, I think, and be starters. You know, and that's the luxury we got right now as a program, uh, seeing those guys compete you know, on a day-to-day -day basis. The receiver room loves them. Our football team loves all three, but we know as a coaching staff, we got to continue to evaluate and figure out which guy, you know, can best lead this football team come this fall. You know, and not only the number one, but the, the, the next important piece is who's the number two, you know, because of, with injuries and things like that. So we got to have all three of those guys prepared for us. Uh, I like how you tried to sneak that one in there, but they're right there in this competition. You know, they're right. equal. They all are taking equal reps right now. You know, and we're just going to continue to evaluate, and you know, everybody will see game one who takes their field. Jackson State head football coach T.C. Taylor, the starting quarterback, will be a game time decision for the Tigers. The other two games on Saturday, Florida Memorial is at Bluefield, and Langston hosts. Mid-America Nazarene. Box to Row, the radio show, airs weekly on radio stations across the country as well as on Sirius XM. To listen to the show or for more information, log on to BoxToRow.com. We're bringing back a segment here on Box to Row where we go across the country and talk with some of the writers that cover HBCU football each and every week in a segment we like to call HBCU football press box fodder. Let's go. And we're going to start in Orangeburg, South Carolina. We're going to say hello to Travis Boland from the Times and Democrat in Orangeburg. And Travis, South Carolina State, uh, really not a great season last year. Only three wins on the season. Uh, your thoughts in terms of how South Carolina State is preparing for the 2023 season and to sort of right the ship a bit, if you will. Okay. Well, first off, I appreciate you having me on the show. Uh, you know, injuries were a big key to, to last year's uh, season. You know, you lose a guy like Richard Bailey early in the MEAC conference season against North Carolina Central, and he was kind of the Mr. Consistent at the receiver position. And then you lose your quarterback, Corey Fields, the next week, and guy like Jablonski Green is, is hurt for most of the year. And Prometheus Franklin, the backup quarterback. I mean, they were down to their third-string quarterback, you know, going into the finale against Norfolk State. So, I mean, they just, you know, the injury bug just hit them big time. Yeah, so it sounds like maybe not as much complacency. Although, um, you know, Buddy Pugh did kind of allude to that. Um, what's the preparation like there in Orangeburg for the Bulldogs as the Bulldogs prepare for Jackson State in a rematch of the Celebration Bowl from 2021? Well, there's a bunch of question marks around this game. You know, uh, South Carolina State has brand-new coordinators on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. Uh, so we've yet to see what they're going to bring. And, um, you know, SC State's had a hard time trying to uh, get a hold of what Jackson's going to do because they got so many new kids and a new staff down there as well. So 
you know, I think we're looking at a lot of question marks, but I know South Carolina State's excited about the, the kids they have coming back. And, you know, Buddy P's been really big on these uh, running backs that he has. It's a great running back room, and it's a young running back room, and he's really excited about what those, those kids have been able to do. And you've covered the MEAC for many, many years. North Carolina Central, the defending champs, the defending HBCU champs. Do you have a Do you have a dark horse in particular in terms of who could overtake North Carolina Central for the MEAC championship this year? Well, it, no, whoever does, it's gonna. I mean, it's gonna be big time because North Carolina Central is is loaded. But um, you know, I, I think with the MEAC, it's you know top to bottom, it's a strong conference. You know, I think anybody can go out and win it. I love what Morgan State is doing. They're building a great foundation. Howard had a great year last year. They were four and one and were co-champs. Um, you know, South Carolina State is going to be back. I don't think anybody who wins this conference is going to go unbeaten. I think it was once somebody's going to have a loss. Travis Boland of the Times and Democrat talking South Carolina State and the MEAC. We appreciate it, Travis. Thanks a lot. I appreciate you having me. Next up, we're going to preview the CIAA. We say hello to my man, John McCann, who covers the CIAA for Black College Football Weekly. And, John, even though in the Northern Division it's been Bowie State that's been selected to win the North, Fayetteville State to repeat, in the Southern Division, you know, perhaps the best two teams in the CIAA coming in, on paper at least, would be Fayetteville State and Virginia Union. I mean, always the possibility, but I'm not the kind of person that looks solely at what you did last season. I mean, you know, you look at Fayetteville State, Donald, this is not the kind of thing, like, I know you love pro wrestling, but it's not the kind of thing where you, to, to beat a man, you got to beat them. You know, now last year's trophy or last year's trophy. And, and so you think about a squad like, like Fayetteville State, you know, and, and even Virginia Union. They're not, neither of those squads are coming into this season with some type of psychological advantage because they're just overwhelmingly that good. No, it's not that kind of talent separation. But, you know, as far as I know, none of the other teams in the CIAA, went into the transfer portal and, and got a bunch of killers from Power 5 schools. So what I look at, Donald, and, and in particular with Fable State, you know, I look at what Fable State returns it, this season. And in particular, they returned CIAA preseason lineman Tyler Fleming and Michael Todd. They're going to be guarding shore for whoever's on the center, whether that's Damari Daniels or, or, or Caden Davis. Yeah, no doubt about it. From the perspective of a possible dark horse, like if it isn't Fayetteville State uh, from the South, if if it isn't Virginia Union from the Northern Division, who do you think are a couple of teams that may play in that CIAA championship game? Well, the thing that I've noticed over the last few seasons in the CIAA is is what I would describe as like a subtle shift in, in power, whereas Bowie State for, for years has always been that squad that that's always been winning the league. And, and it was Bowie State always beating Fayetteville State at things. You know, I, I look at a team like Shaw is who I want to keep my eyes on because the same way you think about Fayetteville State that was always on the cusp, but 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 but, ne- but finally, you know, got over. You know, Shaw has been trying to turn that corner uh, for the last couple of seasons and, and they just couldn't get there. But then you look at the Northern and, and I look at a guy like Henry Frazier III 
And, and what is he going to do here in his second season with Virginia State? You know, last season was, was more of a filling out process with uh, his, his new Virginia State squad. And, and, you know, he was trying to get a beat on the CIAA. And, you know, Virginia State was 6-4 was and four last season and had to, had, to, had to lead second best offense. That's right. The man, John McCann, talking CIAA football. Of course, he covers CIAA football for Black College Football Weekly. Appreciate it, John. You got it. Next up, we're going to take things to Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Jim Kleinpeter of The Advocate joins us to talk a little Southern and SWAC football. And Jim, I mean, when you look at Southern having to replace quarterback Bashawn McCray, almost 50% of the Jaguars offense in 2022, who, who's sort of the guy that uh, may be the starting quarterback for the Jaguars coming into that game against Alabama State next Saturday? Well, um, it's Harold Blood. It's been Harold Blood since the spring. Um, Harold Blood was a, a very uh, a successful high school quarterback in, in Louisiana at a school, Destrehan High School. And he um, won the job in the spring. He's been around four years. So uh, uh, just without getting a whole lot of uh, playing time, a whole lot of snaps, he, he played the second half against Florida A&M when, when Southern was very far behind. But uh, Bashawn McCray um, it kind of uh, did not do very well toward the end of last year, so it was obvious he wasn't going to be back. And Eric Dooley uh, brought in Willie Totten to help get the quarterback level of play up. As a, Willie Totten's going to be the quarterback's coach, not the offensive coordinator. So I think uh, we're going to see something there. And Noah Bodden looks like a capable backup now after watching him in the scrimmage the other day. No, it, it sounds like things are going well there in Baton Rouge for Southern. Really, that Western Division, Jim, came down to the last game of the season with four teams in the mix. Do you expect it to be as competitive this year, and who do you think can overtake the Jaguars? Well, yeah, I, I think Southern's a good choice to win it. Um, you got to watch out for Alcorn, though. Uh, uh, they were dominating uh, in the in the East until they got they moved over to the West, but at the same time that year, uh, uh, the COVID year kind of uh, threw them off. They didn't have they didn't play that season, and I don't think they've ever really caught back up. But I think they're a dangerous team. I think the team you got to watch is Texas Southern because they've got the probably the best quarterback in the Western Division in uh, Andrew Body. Uh, he's been a starter since his freshman year. He came in with a big class. A big talented class that Clarence McKinney is very was very happy to have, and that class should be maturing this year. They're going to give Southern all they want. Uh, uh, body is just a really difficult. I, I think Texas Southern might have won it all last year had he not gotten hurt on that play right at the goal line, and uh, very nearly carried them to the title last year. Staying in the SWAC, we'll move to the Eastern Division. Jackson State two-time defending champs. However, Florida A&M has been picked to win the East. Your thoughts in terms of the East overall? Well, I'm right. I'm right down the line with that pick. I, I, I just got to believe, uh, you know, the, the Desmond, uh, the the Deion Sanders influence of Jackson State is gone, and and Jackson State's going to go back to being Jackson State, which is still pretty good. But they, uh, they, they had had a lot of years of futility before he got there. Florida A&M was probably the second-best team in the SWAC uh, two years in a row and, and couldn't, make the, um, couldn't make the championship game. But they've got the best quarterback in the league overall. And uh, I believe that uh, uh, they've got enough players and they got the right coaching staff. 
to to win it. Uh, I think Jackson State has a lot of turnover. Dion took some players with him, uh, most notably his son, the quarterback. Um, so uh, I don't look. I look for Jackson State to step back, and I look for Florida A and M to step up. And uh, I, I think also watch out for Alabama State. They're the dark horse over there. Uh, they've got a, a heck of a thing going. Jim Klein, Peter of the Advocate in Baton Rouge. He covers Southern and the SWAT. Appreciate it, Jim. My pleasure, Donald. Lastly, we're going to talk some SIAC football. And to do that, we're joined by Eric Tabor of the Gridiron Sports Show and Block Sports and a new format, if you will, with the SIAC. The conference has decided to do away with divisions, although it will still have an SIAC championship game. And I like that idea from the conference office. It's, it's something a little different. You know, a few years ago, everybody wanted to do divisions and have an East and a West champion. And what ends up happening is you've got a deserving team that might be in the West in second place that, that has a better record than, say, the champion of the East. So this way, you get the two best teams in the conference, bar none, to meet on the gridiron for the SIC championship. And, you know, it's interesting. Benedict, the defending champions, a lot of people like Tuskegee. I mean, I, I like Benedict, but I like Fort Valley State uh, as well. But it seems to be a lot of teams that could vie for this SIAC championship. Talk to us about some of the dark or a dark horse you think that could ultimately win the conference. You cannot forget about Allen. A lot of people, I think, are going to be sleeping on Allen University. In my, and I think they can compete this year for a conference title. You know, and I say they're a dark horse because they're returning roughly about 90% of that team from last year. They made some changes defensively this year by adding the College Football Hall of Fame inductee EJ Jr., who's going to coach defensive line. And I look for their defensive end, Justin Eaton, and defensive back uh, Kevin Graham to really have some breakout years. Now, they run an air raid offense. They like to throw the ball, but they're going to try to run the football a little bit more. And David Wright was their starting quarterback last year. He threw for over 1,200 yards and five touchdowns, but he missed several games with injury. If he can stay healthy, this team is going to be a dark horse. Who do you think wins the SIAC championship at the end of 10, er, really 11 weeks when it's all said and done? When it's all said and done, I'm, you know, no disrespect. I've always said in the past, you know, you're the champion until someone dethrones you. Now, granted, I like Tuskegee's chances, but here again, I'm going to have to say Benedict until somebody dethrones him. Eric Tabor, you can check him out on the Gridiron Football Show as well as Block Sports. Appreciate it, Eric. Thank you. The thoughts of Eric Tabor and the rest of the crew on the SIAC and the respective HBCU conferences here on Box to Row. That's something we're going to do each and every week. Little HBCU football press box fodder here on the program. Jackson State versus South Carolina State is the HBCU National Game of the Week. And I'm previewing the game next. The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way. Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whitney, the neighborhood original.
Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Served in total wine all over North Carolina. All Weaver Street Markets. Harris Teeter. Food Lion. You can also purchase in Durham at Zwelly's, Saltbox, and Barica Soul. It's Donald Ware from the press box to press row. Time to take a look at the HBCU National Game of the Week, the MEAC SWAC Challenge matchup between South Carolina State and Jackson State here on Box to Row. And we'll start with South Carolina State and the announcement by head coach Buddy Pugh that this will be his last season. We'll see how that plays into uh, the South Carolina State players. You know, what 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 are the emotions behind that? Um, a lot of these guys have been with the program for a lot of years, and I think that's where, we're, where we'll start with South Carolina State because this is a much more experienced team, a much more mature team. It's a team that has about 12 players or so that are graduate players, including its quarterback, Corey Fields, who seems like Corey Fields has been with the program forever. This is the issue uh, with South Carolina State. You look at coming off that emotional victory. I look at it from this vantage point. This was a team in 2021 that ended up winning the HBCU National Championship um, defeated South Carolina State in the Celebration Bowl, which not many, many people thought that South Carolina State could win that football game. And it, it, it's almost a situation where South Carolina State last year, because you talk about a 3-8 and eight record, um, there was a little bit of complacency. And, and Buddy Pugh has talked about that a little bit, even amongst not only the players, but he himself, and I think they want to right that ship in 2023 because the fact of the matter is when you looked at South Carolina State last year, uh, much like I look at North Carolina Central this year, it's a team that is more than capable of repeating as HBCU national champs, which I thought South Carolina State had a good chance at doing that last year. Not only did that not happen, but the Bulldogs only won three football games. Last year, you're talking about a team that brought back almost everybody, okay, almost everybody from the year before, yet won three football games. Now, complacency isn't the only issue. The Bulldogs did have quite a few injuries from last year. I think what's interesting to me about this edition of the South Carolina State Bulldogs, the fact that most of those guys, okay, from last year's team and really from the 2021 team come back this year. So you have an experienced bunch. Yes. I think a loss like a BJ Davis at linebacker. Um, he went into the portal. I believe he's at ECU if I'm not mistaken, but I think, I mean, that's a huge loss when you're talking about uh, for South Carolina state, but the Bulldogs believe that that's something that, uh, they can kind of overcome from a defensive perspective. You know, when I look at your bookends, Patrick Godbolt, who still was a first-team All-MEAC guy on last year, a Jablonski Green, um, who was a first-team guy going back a couple of years ago coming into the preseason um, on last year. These are two edge rushers that definitely can get it done. 
you look in that secondary, there's definitely um, uh, some experience in the secondary as well. And then the linebacker core, I mean, Buddy Pugh really likes this linebacker core uh, as well, even though there's no B.J. Davis. I look at this team offensively. You know, certainly when you look at a guy like a um, like Shaq, who's gone at the wide receiver position. Shaq Davis, he's with the, the Saints, as a matter of fact, doing pretty well. But, I mean, he he's a guy that's gone. But you got a guy like a, a Corey Fields that's back. You've got a couple of offensive linemen that come back. Eric Brown, Nick Tasty, Cam Johnson. These guys have experience. And so, with that, I think this is a team that has experience. And I think it's a team that's humble. It's a, it's a team that's humbled from 2000. You know, last year, I mean, three football games won from a team that was HBCU national champions going back to 2021. So I think you have a team that is humbled. I think it's the right mindset for South Carolina State. Um, and there may be a bit of motivation, okay, because if you're South Carolina State and especially that you have those players that I mentioned, a lot of those players from the 2021 team that are coming back, um, I mean, I, I think the Bulldogs left no doubt with the score, 31 to 10 victory over over Jackson State two years ago. But you want to show um, not that that game was a fluke, but you want to show we can beat these guys. Um, and so that's, I think, the mindset of South Carolina State and maybe sort of a mindset of win one for the Gipper type of deal with this being Buddy Pugh's last season. When I look on the other side at Jackson State, what immediately comes out jumps out to me, uh, uh, of course, amongst um, the obvious, which we'll talk about a little bit more, but in terms of personnel, over 70 new players to the Jackson State football program this year. That's a lot of players. So, you you know, you, you've, they've had spring, um, they've had fall to really try to develop some cohesiveness uh, as a unit, but that's a lot of players uh, new to a program. Obviously, you've got a new coach in T.C. Taylor, an alum of Jackson State. I think one of the advantages is a new coaching staff for the most part. I think one of the advantages for T.C. Taylor is he's, he's an alum and he's been there um, the last three or four years. And so with that being said, I think that um, sort of helps at least from some of the holdovers for Jackson State. Unfortunately, there aren't really... Um, a whole lot of holdovers. I think, um, you know, the big thing with Jackson State is who will start at quarterback. Now, T.C. Taylor said this is going to be a game-time decision, but you've got Jason Brown, Zy McDonald, and Jacobian Morgan who are all battling for this quarterback spot. Uh, I think if you talk about experience, okay, out of these three quarterbacks, who has the most experienced. All three of them are transfers. The thing about Zy McDonald, uh, he was at Louisiana Lafayette the last couple of years. He only played in one game in his whole career at Lafayette. Um, you know, if I look at uh, Jacobian Morgan, uh, you know, he, he was at Syracuse. He had some time uh, there, but I think the most experienced of the quarterbacks is Jason Brown because he had some time at Virginia Tech he had some time at South Carolina where he actually played um, a, quite a few games. So I think, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know, uh, but I think for me, the advantage 
would go uh, to a guy like a Jason Brown. So we'll see. They've got an all-world, you know, they've got an all-world tight end, um, meaning uh, Jackson State, who either of those three quarterbacks can throw the football to in DJ Stevens. This is a young man that caught in excess of 30 passes last year, which uh, is a lot for a tight end, but he's also a good blocker uh, as well. And this is a team overall in Jackson State that has 20 or about 20 FBS transfers. Now, that doesn't always translate. Uh, just because you played in an FBS uh, doesn't translate into uh, being uh, a, a success at the FCS level. And, you know, a lot of the FBS transfers that Jackson State has um, don't have a lot of experience. That said, you know, I'm really looking at this Jackson State defense because the quarterback is a question mark. And then not only that, I think the wide receiver core is a bit of a question mark as well. But you've got some experienced players on that defensive side of the football. Uh, ECA's Guthrie, the safety, played at Delaware State. Guy was really, really good. Um, Isaac Peppers, a linebacker, played at Arkansas Pine Bluff, was really, really good. Um, and then you've got some other pieces on the defensive side of the football uh, for Jackson State as well. In terms of a prediction for this football game, um, I'm going with experience uh, in this football game, meaning experience on the field, experience in with respect to the coaching staff. Um, I think it's going to be somewhat of a competitive game because Jackson State's going to come play. And this is an important game for Jackson State because next week, Jackson State has to play against Florida A&M, which is not only a conference game, it's a division game. It's really a game that could decide the uh, Eastern Division of the SWAC next week. I'm going to go with South Carolina State in this football game over Jackson State. Your thoughts, hit me up at box to row on Twitter at box to row B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. There are two other football games. Langston looking to right the ship from last year's 6-4 and four finish will host Mid-America Nazarene. And the thing about Langston, Quentin Morgan as the head coach, we had him on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast a couple of weeks ago. Six and four, uh, not good enough there in Oklahoma. And so Langston looking to get off to the right start again on Saturday on the road against Mid-America Nazarene in, or excuse me, they're hosting, excuse me, hosting Mid-America Nazarene. It's Florida Memorial that's on the road against Bluefield in Bluefield, West Virginia. And uh, Florida Memorial's been, what, the program's been back uh, for, I don't know, is this the fourth season, something like that? So Florida Memorial looking to get the season off on the right foot. As a matter of fact, don't forget about the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. We're talking HBCU Football Monday through Friday. And you can find us on the Box to Row YouTube channel as well as on BoxToRow.com, and you can listen and watch or watch the HBCU Football Daily Podcast, breaking all things down in HBCU football. And as we do each and every week, as we'll do on the program, but as we also do on Fridays on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast, we'll preview the HBCU National Game of the Week. My time is about up. 
I thank you for yours. Thank you to T.C. Taylor, the head football coach at Jackson State, for joining us today here on the program. Should be an exciting season, which kicks off on Saturday. Very much looking forward to the season. Hope you are, too. And for all your HBCU needs, as well as great conversations uh, on our website, uh, the HBCU scoreboard, conversations uh, with those in the world of sports, you can always log on to our website at boxtorow.com. And always remember to support those that support you. Box to Row is produced by DW Communications.